0: let let's go there we'll read that and I did I just kind of glanced through or you know we kind of just uh uh casually went over some things that I know that in the past we've we've covered them deeply and so I hope that I wasn't so um vague that you guys couldn't glean uh, some of you uh, that you couldn't glean from uh, what I was saying um I was I was asking she thought it was pretty effective but She's heard it before, so. <laughs> but anyhow, also, I know I don't look real good the way I dress today. I, I I just pulled I pulled some things together. I threw it on. I left the house. I didn't even look at myself till I walked in the church door. And I'm like, Annie, how'd you let me get out of the house looking like this? She's like, well, you've... Ayla said, you've looked worse, so. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. know <laughs> what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you all don't know, Ayla. No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm playing. That's it. That's not what. She, <laughs> I sure breathe. i I love to mess with her. She turns so red. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. But uh, so yesterday, Ephesians chapter 4, let's let let's read it. Um, and we'll, we'll start with, um, let's go ahead and just start from the beginning there, just like we did yesterday. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. In other words, you have a calling or you have a job to do. Walk worthy of the job that God has called you to. Brandon asked a good question. He says, what's the difference between a call and like, for example, these gifts that we're talking about—apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers—well, you receive a call to an office uh, if you're a ministry gift, and so we we've established not everyone's ministry gifts. And I listen. I hope, and, and the the reason, and I'm so glad that Ms. Rhonda prayed the way she did. The reason why I'm 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 so um I'm 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 being so forceful and so bold about not everyone being ministry gifts is because I think that that I think people believe, and and sometimes we think. Uh, most people, I think, in the body of Christ believe that they're insignificant if they're not one of those fivefold ministry gifts. But there are many people in Scripture that God used them to do things. In fact, they had very important roles in Scripture, and God used them. And they weren't apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers. They were they were disciples. Um, there were people that were just. Uh, that the Bible says were disciples, people that functioned in uh, uh, spiritual gifts, that the Lord used them uh, to function in spiritual gifts and, um, and, and impacted the world as a result. God used them powerfully. The Apostle Paul, you know, the Bible says that the man that uh, God used to uh, speak uh, th- that first word over the Apostle Paul a revelatory word about his future. He wasn't he wasn't a five-fold ministry gift. The Bible calls him a disciple. And uh, the Lord just happened to use him, give him a revelation, send him over to Paul, and he declared the word of the Lord over Paul. And as a result, Paul, uh, Paul's ministry was launched. Amen. It's before he was Paul. He was he was still Saul. That was before the Lord knocked the S off of his name and gave him a P. Amen. Glory to God. But anyhow. So we're to walk worthy of the vocation. So y'all know the difference then between, a, we're, we're all called. The Bible says many are called. Every one of us are called to, to 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 function in some capacity within the body of Christ. And so we have to rely upon the spirit and uh, ask the Lord to reveal to us, what is our function? What is it that we, uh, what is it that you want us to do? Uh, what did you create me for? Why? Uh, why am I part of the body, and what is my function? And so that's that's where this, that's why we're here, right? right. Some of you you are you're like, man, pastor's gonna say something and it's just gonna hit me. What it is that God has called me to do? And sometimes that's true, and sometimes it's not. Right. Sometimes we have to die to self. But don't yeah. don't uh, don't take wrong my uh, my being so bold about not being ministry gifts. I won't, I only say that because. Um, there are so many that they have their hearts set on being ministry gifts. And, um, and I feel bad for them because they want so badly to be something that, uh, that uh, God hadn't called them to be. Uh, but walk worthy of whatever God has called you to. You know, Sheree has a very unique gift. Uh, she's definitely a ministry gift evangelist, but not in the traditional sense of the word or office. You know, the office of an evangelist. Traditionally, as far as America, I guess the Americanized definition of an evangelist is not what Sheree is. Sheree's more the Bible definition of an evangelist, but she definitely walks under that anointing, and she's definitely called to that uh, to to that office. Um, You know, Ayla and I were having a discussion, and. She's trying to determine, you know, Lord, what is, what's my call exactly? What is it that you want me to do? Now, you know, her, her and Tyler being married, she's like, I feel like that Tyler plays a more pivotal role in what we do at the church. And it seems like he, he, uh, like he is, if, if, if I had to put it in, in a certain way that we talked about it, she feels like that Tyler has more of the lead role and she plays more of a supporting role. And, you know, that can be true. Uh, you know, I think Annie plays a, a very a supportive role in when I'm here uh, ministry, but she's, be, she's begun to discover that there are places where the Lord has called her to lead. Earlier this year when we had revival breakout, the Lord specifically told me that I was to butt out and that I was really to let Pastor Annie take the lead role. In fact, he told me I can, I can do better with her than I can do with you because you know, you know enough about revival that you'll get in my way, thinking that you know a better way. She knows nothing, and because she knows nothing, uh, I can speak to her in ways that's easier for her to receive than for you to receive. Amen. And so sometimes the Lord will, he'll, he will uh, hello, Campbells, and hello, Tara. It's so good to see you guys. So wonderful to have you tonight. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, since you all are late, I know I look terrible I left that. I I got dressed in the dark. <clears throat> but Ayla says I look better than when I was at y'all's church. So, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> ever since she laid hands on Sean, no one else has ever measured up. So,. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you don't remember that story, but uh, I won't. I won't tell it today. Amen. I would love to, but I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I do have to. You know. <laughs> For. <laughs> for those of you that don't know the story, I, I I picked on Ayla. We we had a, we had a revival over at uh, uh, Pastor Campbell's church in in, uh, in in Shawnee, and and there was a man that came, and uh, this was while Ayla this is when Ayla was single, and um she, she of course Ayla was traveling a lot with me, but this fellow came because he wanted to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and so after the service, the lady that brought him had me to pray for him. Now this guy was like a. He was like a Greek statue. I mean, the, the, his physique was, I, I, I couldn't believe he was real. I actually, I actually, I know Shree, Shree's like, I wish I could have laid hands on him. <laughs> look, look, Shree's up here going, Shed it, ba ba <laughs> ba. You know, <laughs> uh, anyway. So hey, you know, you gotta it starts it starts somewhere. Anna's like, I'll go lay hands on him, amen. (laughs) And Marissa'll be right behind you. (laughs) Listen, Rachel Jack's trying to stay out of this. She she looking down, she like, don't bring me into this (laughs) pastor. She's like, I'm studying the Bible over here. But, but anyway, you know, uh, Sean, he, he, did, he was very, his physique, it was just very picturesque. I, I reached out and touched him. I said, dear God, I said, you, I said, I've been squishy all my life. You're actually, I've never felt someone that felt so solid in my whole life. I was like, you know, I, I thought the whole hard body thing was a, was a, I thought that was like a, just something that people said and it wasn't true. But I was like, man, dude, you got, I mean, you're, and he, and of course he's like, I want to receive the baptism. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I was like, Ayla, Ayla was kind of lingering, you know, and uh, this is the way I tell it anyway. <laughs> she has a different story. You can get her version after church, amen. But anyway, I said, Ayla, why don't you come and help me pray for Sean? She's like, absolutely. So I said, just lay your hands on him, we're gonna pray. And she was like, oh sheriba. <laughs> <laughs> she said, fire, fire, fire. <laughs> it just gets better and better, doesn't it, Ayla? No, it's not it's not. <laughs> It didn't happen exactly that way, but it was well, it didn't happen like that at all. <laughs> but you'll have to wait till after church to get the real story. <laughs> he did get baptized in the Holy Ghost, so and, and Ayla got Tyler. Amen. <laughs> Tyler yeah, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> And so the calling, say, say this, the calling, the call. all of you are called, you're all called to function in your purpose. So in Ephesians chapter four, these verses of scripture, so Ephesians chapter four, verse one, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. It's leading up to the introduction of. Uh, ministry gifts I mean so y'all understand that when Paul was writing this God through god 's spirit through the apostle Paul was about to bring a revelation of the hierarchy uh of the church of of the of the uh the pecking order the the order in which God uh, placed things in the church um and and again don't don't uh, don't don't um read anything into that because I think some people will you know because the bible that uh, tells us, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and many believe that these were put in the order of their, of their, um, of their authority, of the relevance of their authority. Which I believe, yes, that's probably true. First apostles, second prophets. Um, what's the next one? Evangelists. evangelists, pastors, and then teachers. But that's not to say that they're they're not all important. It's just to say that there is an order to to these gifts and God, God's a God of order, but, but you, you have to understand something. It's, it's not, it's not for the purpose of being dictatorial. So when you have people that, that, and I've, I've, I've traveled in ministry for a long time. There'll be people that say, I'm going to, I'm the apostle of this region and you didn't get my permission to come in here and preach. That's stupid. That, that, that's somebody that doesn't really understand, uh, the authority of, of the Bible. And, uh, uh, so, uh, there's some people that think that because they're an apostle that somehow everyone ought to honor them. You know, uh, hey, Michael, you made it. Um, just because um, you're an apostle doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't, just because someone's an apostle doesn't mean they're your apostle. Right. Oh, yeah. for, for example, the apostle Paul was the apostle uh, for the Gentiles. He was our apostle. He, he wasn't so much for Israel, but he was a sent one for the Gentiles. Peter, on the other hand, uh, was a little bit of both, but, uh, kind of ran from his calling to the Gentiles, uh, because he, uh, he feared the Jews, which is why he and Paul scrapped a little bit in the Bible. But, uh, but anyway, so different ones are called to different, uh, things. And, uh, uh, we, we just have to get some of those things straight. Anyway, so let's, uh, let's get back to what we're talking about here. So to, to understand your purpose and to find your purpose, first you have to know that there, there's the possibility that you may be called to be a ministry gift, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Now, if you are called to ministry, and we covered this yesterday, if you're called to function in a ministry gift office, if you're called to that, and, and, and at some point in your life, you will realize that calling. Eventually, you're not called anymore. You're functioning in that. Like, I'm not called to be a pastor. I am pastoring. I'm not called anymore. It's done. I've, I've received the calling, and now I'm over there functioning in that office. Um, you will receive a call to ministry. If you receive a call to ministry, it's like getting a phone call on the phone. You're going to know when you get a phone call. You're gonna know if you're called to ministry. Yeah, if you're called to be a ministry gift, you're gonna know it. Yeah. If you don't yet know it, then assume that you're not until you get the call. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Would that? I mean, it's that would be safe for you to do. If if you don't know that you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, if you don't know that, if you can't say for, for with a certainty that you uh, that you uh, fall into one of those categories or ministry gift offices. Are y'all hearing me? this? If you don't know for sure, know that you know that you know that you know, then it would be safe for you to to, to live your life or at least this part of your life, assuming that you're not called. And it, But at some point, be willing if the Lord wants to reveal to you that he has called you, be open to whatever it is that he tells you because... Uh, he may you know he may you may discover somewhere down the road that he has called you maybe to some ministry office uh, or to one of those fivefold ministry giftings but but let me let me also say this: ministry gifts are 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 uh, less common than uh, what we uh, see in the uh, in the American church ministry gift uh, apostles. Apostles aren't as common as what we would like to. They're not as common as what we think they are today. Um, And you say, why do you say that, Pastor Zig? Because apostles were not common in Scripture. Prophets weren't commonplace in Scripture. Pastors were more common, but they weren't as common in Scripture as we find them today. Teachers, evangelists, evangelists weren't. Listen, so to, to be called into ministry and to have a ministry gift operating in your life is really a special thing. It's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the exception and not the rule. It's more rare than a calling to a servitude or to uh, uh, the ministry of helps. The ministry of helps is a very common call. In fact, all of us are called uh, to serve in some capacity in a ministry of helps to play a supportive role to ministry gifts. Uh, In the weeks that are coming for revival, I will be playing a serving role to ministry gifts. I'm your pastor, but when these men come and we host these ministry gifts, I, I will be in the ministry of helps. I will serve these people. I will see to it that they are honored and that we, uh, that we uh, host them. And, and you will too, right? So we, we, will, we all serve in that capacity of servitude at some point. or Just because you're a ministry gift doesn't mean you will never do that. In fact... Uh, the, the fact that you're called and anointed to do some sort of ministry will require you to serve regularly. <clears throat> Amen. I've had people that have this idea that if the, I went to a church one time and someone was leading the service, he was the drummer of the worship team and he was leading the service. Well, he came to church, he was all dressed up and the worship team, he, he wasn't behind the drums. And I was like, dude, we're getting ready to start. You need to get on the drums. He's like, oh, I'm not playing tonight. I'm leading the service. I was like, you're leading the service and you're going to abandon the drums. How, why can't you play the drums and lead the service? I mean, that's what I was thinking. And so I said, So you're not going to play? He said, No, man, I'm leading the service. Well, I was the evangelist that night. So I took my coat off and I went to the drums and I said, What are, you, what are we playing? And, and the guy was looking at me. He's like, What are you doing? I said, Well, you're not playing. I'm going to play. We can't be without a drummer i well. We could, but it would suck. So I'm going to play the drums. And I went up and played the drums. Uh, you know, just because you're, just because you have an office that in Scripture is an office of headship. You know, those uh, ministry gifts are, <clears throat> are the fathers of the church. They're the chin men. The Bible, the Bible calls. The, they're the mouthpieces of God in the earth. Uh, you know, when the Bible talks about. Um, the place of commanded blessing, uh, that this is the place of commanded blessing where brethren dwell in unity. It's like the oil poured over the head and drips down the face onto the beard. Uh, Ministry gifts, that, that that whole picture is a picture of the church, the head being Christ, the beard being ministry gifts. The Chin men, the men that are spokesmen for God, the the ones who are who are who have been um who have who have been given the responsibility to steward those ministry gifts and to steward the the declaration of the word of God. Amen. Are y'all are hearing that? But but here's the thing: in the kingdom of God, that place is not a place of 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 uh Dick of, of being a dictator or, or being overbearing, it is a place where we're serving the Lord and we have a great responsibility. It's a very special gift. There, we as God's people ought to have respect for those people that, that walk in those offices that carry those gifts. But we who function in uh, ministry gifts should uh, be very careful to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, to uh, think of ourselves. Uh, not to think of ourselves more highly than what we should know who we are, know the authority that we carry, but remember that we are. Listen, we are all the children of God. Amen. We're all his kids. We're brothers and sisters. Amen. We're brothers. We need to treat one another that way. And amen. All right. Praise the Lord. So... Um, <clears throat> Just because you're not aware that you're not a ministry gift now doesn't mean you will never be, but typically you'll become aware of the fact that you're a ministry gift through, through not just through prophecy. God will speak to you personally. You say, how will he speak to you? Well, he'll speak to you uh, in your innermost being. You know, that's how God speaks to us most of the time is through an inward witness. You, you know what an inward witness is, right? It's just, It clicks. It's just something that you know, that you know, that you know. God's spirit bears witness with your spirit of what it is that God wants you to do. And so you will become aware of it. Now, I'm not talking about you'll think maybe. you will be. When, when God called me to be an evangelist, when he spoke it to me, I was fully persuaded of it. It wasn't something that I walked around and said, do you reckon this is right? Do y'all think this is, will y'all pray for me? I've been praying about whether I ought to be an evangelist or not. I never did that. When the Lord speaks he's, there's an assurance that comes with those words. There's a certainty. When Gabe received the call to preach, uh, which was very recent, we were over in, um, Adrian, Michigan. And, uh, I don't think Gabe had been praying about it. You weren't praying about it. Were you, bub? He was just minding his own business, you know, be bopping along. And, uh, you know, they had led worship that night while he's sitting there. I mean, I'm preaching and while I'm preaching, I can tell he's he 's kind of he 's kind of in a almost in a trance, but uh uh he almost looked like he was sick i I, I kind of started to feel bad for him. I thought, man, Gabe must not be feeling too good because he looked like he looked like he was kind of sick and uh and so I, I was watching him while I was preaching and then of course, at the end of the thing <clears throat> he 's standing in the line for prayer, and when I laid hands on him, the fire of God hit him. Well, when he got up from the ground, I think he knew already i mean um but you, you already knew it was something that it's hard. To, it's hard to communicate with words. It's just something that you know, that you know, that you know. If you're in doubt, then assume you're not. But when you become so fully persuaded that no one could deter you from it, then more than likely, it's the it's the call of God. More than likely, God has called you. Uh, to um, some sort of ministry gift. Now, I I know there are exceptions to that because there are some people that are, um, uh, what did I tell you yesterday? They're, 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 huh? Uh, No, they're, they have, they have, they have, uh, huh? Grandeur, yeah, thought, what's that? Huh? Delusion, they're delusional. Some people are delusional. And they all seem to make their way to the church. And sometimes they want us to become delusional with them. Boy, there's a whole other group of people that are delusional nowadays. People that want you to call them him or her when they're neither, you know, when they're not. In anyway, but anyway, so... Uh, yes we're not going to go down that trail today not today so we, we don't want to be delusional uh, and if, if you haven't listen if you think you're called to a ministry gift and you've declared that and you, and you want to know whether I've heard that or not all you have to do is ask I'm willing to tell you and I won't even be ugly about it I'll be super cool I will, I will ease you into it. If I have to ease you out of something, I'll ease you out of it and ease you into where you need to, where I think you may need to set up shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so it says, well, I was trying to read this. So walk worthy of the calling with all loneliness, meekness. Uh, there it is. With lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. In other words, patience. Forbearing one another in love, dealing with everybody. Uh. Being able to deal with everyone in love—Are y'all hearing that? That you'll be tested on that. You'll be tested on getting along with people. Amen. Because people will say stuff that'll make it'll make you mad. People will say stuff that'll hurt your feelings. Amen. People who treat you in ways you don't think you deserve to be treated—it'll mess with your insecurities. You'll feel, you'll feel used and taken advantage of. Yeah. Anybody ever come to church and felt used and taken advantage of? Anybody? Yeah? Well, then quit, y'all quit asking God to use you if it bothers you. Yeah. That's right. That because some people like, you know, I feel used. I said, you said use me, Lord. Yeah. See, we, we just, we, just don't ever, we don't ever count on ever believing that we would feel used after God uses us. You know, sometimes God will use you to try to reach someone he knows good and well is not going to respond and do what he's told them to do. Oh, yeah. oh, say that. Say that. And you'll be the one that suffers. But he'll call you today and he'll use you and you'll feel used. Like I feel used. Lord, you used me. He's like, yeah, you told me to use you and I did. But see, God is not man. Amen. And man is not God. And so we have to know that he loves us and he loves others. And when, you know, most, most of what we, I think where we drop the ball is that we quit operating in love. We start making assumptions about what people are saying and how people are treating us. And, you know, and anytime you assume, why, why is it that we're so willing to assume the worst instead of, And then why, when we assume the worst, do we want to confirm it? We assume the worst, and then we want it to be confirmed. What are you saying? Am I hearing you right? Oh, amen. So let's move on. Forbearing one another—that's that's that's why I said forbearing one another in love. You got to work together. Amen. You got to work together. Praise God. Listen, nobody wants to be that one. Nobody wants to work with. But you know what? That exists, doesn't it? That exists in this church. You know there are people in this church that if they got to work with someone, they go to second guessing whether they want to do it or not. That's every church, right? And and you know you know you know why that why that exists because we develop a reputation. We develop a reputation. Um, I, I I don't want I don't want to put anybody on blast. So I'll talk about some folks that have been here in the past. Um, <clears throat> but but you can find yourself in here maybe you, maybe you know. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> Charlie, you can use me as an example. I'll, I'll be the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, if uh, if 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 when you're uh, if when you're doing the work that God called you to do, or you're trying to fulfill the purpose to which God called you. And uh, there have been some people that were part of our church that I could ask them to do anything and it would get done. I mean, I could ask them to do anything. If I said, set up some tables over here for me, please. I mean, 10 minutes later, those tables would be set up. Of course, I'd go into the hallway after the tables got set up and there would be bleeding bodies all over the building of people that got hurt in the process of these people carrying out the task that I gave them because they didn't know how to do it without... Uh, without causing some sort of ruckus or yeah for for and i'm just i'm kind being facetious here but say i said hey can you get some tables set up over here you know they would say absolutely pastor yes sir whatever whatever you need i'm on my way so they'd go say they'd go into the a stock room or the storage room and they'd get in there maybe gill's in there and and they go and grab a table Gil says hey, can i help you with that is there do you uh, pastor told me to get these tables you just need to leave me alone Every time someone comes in this storeroom, you have something to say. Well, you know what? Save it for later. I don't want to hear it. Pastor said to get this done. I'm getting it done. There, have been, there, there are people that, there, amen. And then someone, try, then someone try to help them, and they'd be like, Pastor told me to do it. He didn't tell you to do it. He told me to do it. Yeah. You never do anything right anyhow. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Amen. And so they, they're, they're people, they would complete a task and they were good at getting things done. And they were 110 percenters. They weren't just with us 100%. They were with us 110%. But the, anytime there was a problem in the church, it was associated with their name. Pastor, I just want to talk to you about something. I was really, uh, I and I'm, 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 not, you know. I'm, and I'm talking about people that aren't. Their feelings aren't easily hurt, and they're coming and saying, "But this happened, and and so and so was behind it." It's like, well, dear God, when when you start hearing the same name all the time, some of us we get, a, and around here you got to be careful what kind of reputation you get because you know what, we w- around here people will roast you, you know, just not, 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 not to, not to to be ugly or to injure. It's just, we're, we're the type, we're a family. We're like a Hispanic and black family. No, man, we're, we're, we're like a family around here. so, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta be ready to take a ribbing sometimes. Oh, yeah. You sure don't want to, you, <laughs> oh, Eric put something on Facebook not too long ago. Do you all think I'm unapproachable? It's like, Ooh, dear God. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? I didn't even, I, I almost, I almost snoozed that post for, I thought, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to see what this says. Cause you know, you get out there and you put you put stuff like that on social media and there'll, there'll be someone come along and, and tell you exactly what they think. And I think some of us don't, we don't expect that people are uh, going to tell us what we want to hear uh, or, or that well, people will tell us what we don't want to hear, I should say. Uh, but uh, listen, when you put it out there on social media, you better get ready. Hopefully, hopefully you put your helmet on before you put it out there. People are like, yeah, we love you, Eric, but yeah, you're totally unapproachable. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was, it was, great. It was great. People were, <laughs> I was like, I mean, if you really want to know the truth, I mean, I know you're a great guy, but man, I mean, I look at you and I don't really want to talk to you. I mean, if it's based on how you look, you don't look approachable. We know it's, I mean, we know it's not true because we, you know, we crossed the chicken line and we approached anyway. But you know what? If I was a stranger, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like come up to you and be like, "Hey, you're just a friendly guy." Yeah. Yeah. So we develop a reputation. Some people like nobody talks to me in this church because you don't look like you're talk. You're you're, you're. you're. You don't look like you're the talkative type. If you If you want to get talked to, get chatty with people, and and don't be creepy and cringy. You know what I'm saying? When the, when the, and when they do talk to you, don't get upset. Don't get upset. Don't, don't, don't wear your feelings on your sleeve. Don't, don't assume that they're, don't, don't try to read between the lines of what they're saying. Don't, why did they say that to me? We have people leave church. Why did they say that? Why did they say that that way? Why do you think they said that? Pretty soon, there's a whole conspiracy going on. i know some of you like what does this have to do with knowing your purpose (laughs) these are all these are all roadblocks these are all hindrances to you ever coming in here you know when when you become aware of what god called you to do that forbearing one another in love do you know what that means that means that you've got to do what it takes to reach your audience. You know what? If God call if God called you to children's ministry like Gabe Flannoy, don't 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 have your um, don't 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 uh, wear baby repellent. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're going to work with children, if that's really your calling, and that's what God called you to do, well, you know what? You're going to have to, you're going to, have to uh, uh, undergo a change in order to accommodate that calling. Amen. You know what? Don't be creepy. Because parents are going to be like, yeah, here's my kids, but don't let them change them. Come on, y'all, and then, and then and then some people get their feelings hurt. They won't let me. Well, I feel bad because I tried to. Where I tried to serve in the nursery, but did it. But, but were you giving off the creepy vibe? How, uh, amen. How, uh, uh, how well have you gotten to know uh, the parents of the kids that you're trying to minister to? Have you opened up your life and let them look into your life and let them be comfortable with you? Let them see that you're not a creep. Amen. That you're responsible. That your heart is right. That you have right motives. That you're serving the Lord. That you love God. You don't have a criminal record. Which is not very many people in this church. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. i yeah. <laughs> yeah, like everybody's like well, You're not wrong. Do <laughs> <clears throat> you get what I'm saying? See, all these things have a all these you know what? If 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 God's called you to minister to people in prayer and you're a gossip. You can't, you, every, you know what, there's some, there's some things that come through the grapevine, and you know, there, there are a few people in this church that are usually the source of disseminating that information and getting it out there, and I hear the same, and some of you think you're getting away with it. You're not. Just, just, just because I don't say anything to you doesn't mean I don't know. I just, I, have to, I just have to choose what I'm going to deal with, when I'm going to deal with it, how I need to deal with it. And, some, and sometimes, the way, and, and y'all know how I want to deal with gossip. I want us to learn how to live with it. Right. They're going to always be gossipers. We have to learn how to navigate a gossiping world and not be offended. That's right. Amen. That's right. We have to be willing to go to church where there's some people that don't like us. Right. There's some people that don't want to come over to our house. Yeah there's some people they don't want to watch football with us they don't want to eat Cheetos sitting on our couch watching a football game they don't want to do it there's just going to be some people hey you know what that's okay they want to go to church with you they just don't want to hang out with you do you want me to be Charlie hadn't learned nobody comes to our house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, Charlie's figured it out. Cause, um, yeah, we, uh, our house is such a mess. We don't have anybody over. We're, we're so busy. But anyhow, we're trying to keep up with it, aren't we, baby? But man, when we sit down next to each other on that couch, it's just so comfortable. Look, she looks so sweet, but but when I sit her next to the couch, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're not going to have deep relationships with everyone in church, but we're going to have to work with one another. Amen. Amen. And you know what? If you always feeling weird and well, I feel like so-and-so don't like me. Well, you know, don't act weird around them. Accept the relationship. You know what? Accept whatever relationship you have with people. If it's a relationship where you're just cordial with one another and it's superficial, accept it. Yes. Be done with it. Yes. Quit trying to make it more. Right. Quit mourning over the fact you can't have a deep relationship with everybody. Quit being the victim, making like you're, oh, i always, it's, it's always happened to me. <laughs> Don't do that because what happens is you, you close the door for you to be able to really do the ministry God's called you to do. You know what? So what? You know, what? so what? I've decided I'm going to do what God called me to do. You know, there's a fellow that came to our church not long ago. What was his name? A fellow that sat back here and was always making, what was his name? We don't even remember anymore. Tom. Yeah, Tom. Tom always had something negative to say. And he wasn't here very long, but we were glad to have him. I was glad to have Tom. You know, Tom was a pain in the butt. Yeah, but he, I, was, I was glad. I mean, he may be listening. Tom, you're, you were a pain in the butt. <laughs> but we were glad to have you here at Wintershire. We have other pains in the butt here, too. And I have been one myself. See, some, you, some people, they, 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 don't, they, can't be, they can't hear talk like that. I, that's what I don't understand. Why can't we hear you? You don't realize you've been a pain in the butt sometimes. All of us are. Sometime or another, then be all right. You'll get back. You'll get past it. You'll learn from it. Maybe, hopefully. But you know, Tom, though that guy, he just couldn't be happy for nothing, for nothing. It didn't, matter what you, it didn't matter what was going on here. There was always something. I wish Pastor would quit talking about how much money he has. Well, I never talked about how much money I had. I talked about the blessing of the Lord. Right. Okay. He, he act like I was flaunting my money. Really, you're going to read for real? That's how you read. You go, you're going go to go like, like I'm trying to <laughs> flaunt my That's why I said what I said to be condescending? What does that do for your position to do any kind of ministry? Amen. 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 Thank God. A a spotty church attendance. Who in the world is going to listen to you if you can't even come to the house of God regular? Amen. You won't worship. Listen, if you don't worship, who do you think is going to listen to you Preach. Do you really think people are listening to you talk and preach? They're being, they're being kind. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want people to just be kind to me. I want to be able to have some sort of influence. And so all these things, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You know what that means? That means compromise. Carolyn, can I tell something one time we talked about, not, not in private, you, it, was, it was openly. Carolyn came to leadership meeting one time and I, it was, I was sure it was a leadership meeting and she said, you know, pastor, I'm getting tired. I feel like I'm always having to compromise. I feel like I always have to compromise who I am to do what, what I need to do in this church. I feel like I have to betray who I am to be, who I'm, who, to be a part and to do whatever it is that I need to do in this church. I said, me too. Because, you know, I'm a natural introvert. I'm betraying my personality right now. I'm betraying what I'm comfortable with right now. <laughs> Are y'all hearing that? Yeah. Amen. See, but you know what? I, I'll, I'll do that if I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. See, so, so you know what? I'm not going to get around. I'm not, y'all aren't going to come around me after church and me be all. When y'all come walking toward me, I'm not. Ayla, come walking toward me like it. I'm getting ready to leave. Come walking toward I'm not going to be like. That, that's, that's what I am. But see, I, I, now, Miss Carolyn, she would have never known any of that had she not spoke up. Because see, some of us, we think we're the only ones battling with that are you kidding? If you're going to be, if you're going to be doing what God called you to do, allowing God to raise you up to be everything that God wanted you to be, then guess what? You can't be everything that you want to be. You have to be what he wants you to be. And so that means you might have to make a lot of adjustments. You might've grown up wrong. Someone might have raised you in all the wrong ways to be all, listen, they might have raised you to be contradictory, that the enemy might've put people in your life in order to, 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 uh, to try to corrupt the seed. You know, that's what the enemy does. He tries to corrupt the seed. Do you know that this, do you know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? Boy, I'm in there today. I, I told you I was going to introduce new stuff. This is the stuff I'm introducing. That, that book, From Genesis to Revelation, do you know what the whole Bible is about? It's about Jesus. Yes. From Genesis to Revelation. Now, some people have never seen it. They don't see Jesus in Genesis. They don't see Jesus in Exodus. But here's, I'll, I'm going to give you the, the, the uh, paraphrased, comp- a compacted story. Here is the story. Man sinned, and God needed to make a way for man to be reconciled unto him. So God planned on sending his son, Jesus. He let the devil know about it straightway. You you will strike and bruise his heel. He will crush your head. I'm sending one and he's going to reconcile man unto me. He's coming and he's coming to take you out satan knew it from the beginning so what did the enemy do from that point on throughout the whole bible all he tried to do was stop the coming of the one that would so when we see all of these stories in scripture the bondage of israel when we see the uh the uh uh, murdering of children all of this was an attempt angels coming and sleeping with women was, a, was, a, was the devil, the enemy, trying to corrupt the seed, trying to keep the seed from, from springing forth? Well, you know what? When, when Annie was born, she was called of God. Right. And somewhere, somewhere when she was uh, in elementary school, the enemy was like, we've got to do something to try to stop that seed from growing. And so at one time, she was very outgoing and, and and very, you know, dancey or dancing around. She was very jolly and, and, and a, very much an extrovert. But then some teacher got ugly with her one time. And from that moment on, it she turned around and started being a different person. Now, all of a sudden, her environment tried to shape her. You know, if Annie, and, and I'll be honest with you, and she'll tell you, she'll tell you just like I'm telling you, it has been a battle for her to go against her what, what, what she considers to be her nature. But see, you can't be all of you and be everything that he wants you to be. Something has to die. Did, didn't you ever wonder why the Bible says that, that Jesus said this? He said, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Deny yourself. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know what? Sometimes I get, listen, there's still yet. Sometimes I'm, I'm, we're in a setting where we're all sitting around and we're all talking and everything on the inside of me is crying out. I just want to go home. But you know what I say to myself? I ain't going home. These are my people. This is my family. This is where I belong. This is where, this is what God created me for. My, God's going to change my nature. God's going to change whatever was, whatever got jacked up in me, whatever was broken in me, whatever try, has tried to keep me from being what God wanted me to be. I'm going to resist it so that I can be the best. Glory to God. Are y'all hearing this today? Amen. Now, If, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But you know what? Every one of you wrestle with it. and And, you, and, and probably you think you're the only one. You don't know that God's asking every one of us for the same. Man, this church, this church right here is no one, no one would have picked this church on purpose. No one would have picked this church on purpose. We'd have picked some other church. <laughs> I think that's what's good. I wouldn't even have picked this place off urban. <laughs> ah, ah, ha, ha, ha. You know what I feel like is happening? God is revealing to us that He, you know, God is a gatherer. And He gathered us. Listen, He gathered us from all over. He gathered us from the bars. He gathered us from the drug houses. He gathered us from the mental institutions. He gathered us from a prison. He gathered us from the streets. He gathered us. He, he took some of us off of a church pew. Amen. Right off a church pew. But He gathered us from all all different places, from all different walks of life, from all kinds of different stuff because he had a purpose in mind. He had a plan in mind. He called you and he anointed you and he set you apart. Glory to God. You know, if we can rejoice over that and believe that we're, we're in the beginning. Amen. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit. Even as you're called, the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in y'all. Yes. Paul was from Yukon, <laughs> <laughs> but unto <under, laughs> every one of us, under how many? Are, so we're all we're we're all included. Yes. Unto every one of us has been given grace. But look what it says, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So you have to determine, you have to allow the Lord to reveal to you and, and you have to determine what the measure of the gift of Christ is. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, what's the gift? What is, what is the measure of that gift? Are you a major prophet or are you a minor prophet? Does it make any difference? No, all that matters is that you do the will of God. Are you an international evangelist or are you a are are you a uh, a domestic, you know, evangelist? Are you, are you called to the United States or are you called to the entire world? Are you called to the world and not to the United States? You know, Reinhard Bunke didn't have a big ministry in the United States. He could barely gather I remember the first his introduction to ministry I remember on TBN when they announced they were having Reinhard Bunkey to to preach at a TBN event, and man, people came. I'm talking about they packed out. I think 30,000 people showed up. It's one of the largest crowds I'd ever seen show up uh, at a TBN event. People were stoked. They had heard about this man Reinhard Bunkey, but no one had ever seen him preach because he didn't ha- at that time he didn't have film crews. He didn't have cameras that were uh, that were um, Broadcasting his meetings. He was just preaching to millions of people. And so we heard about this man that had won millions and millions of people to Jesus Christ. You know, the only person that we had seen in this nation that had done that successfully was Billy Graham. And I remember there were a lot of people that were saying, he's a modern day Billy Graham. He was not a modern day Billy. Him and Billy Graham were nothing alike. Oh, Nothing cool. a lot, but they were saying that because there was no way for them to describe the ministry of Reinhard Bonnke. I remember watching that that broadcast. I thought I got to see what a Reinhard Bonnke is, and you know what? I was not impressed. I was, in fact, I was let down. I was disappointed. He began to preach, and the message that he preached was so simple. It was so not thought provoking. It was so not deep. All he preached was Jesus Christ and him crucified very simple i thought how am i going how am I going to get anything out of this i 'm trying to be edified by the he 's trying to take me back to step one he's tra- he 's taking me back to the ABCs. one two three it 's like me going back to kindergarten that's that 's what i 'm thinking when i 'm when i 'm watching him, so wasn 't impressed. you know what Paul and Jan crouch weren 't impressed. That was the last time I saw him on TBN for many, 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 many years. I could tell the people that were there were not were unimpressed. I think they had hoped that Reinhard Bunkie would line them up, lay hands on them, and they would all fall down and that 's not what that 's not what happened. Reinhard Bunkie got up, shared a simple gospel message, he told what he told, did what he did, and um Reinhard Bunke wasn't called to the United States. He wasn't called to preach on TBN. He was called to preach to millions and millions of people that were serving false gods, that were serving idols, that were lost and away from God, people that didn't speak English, people that that didn't need a joke told, that didn't need entertained, that didn't need a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. You ought ought to just listen to him sometime. Not deep at all. You you would but most of you wouldn't really like him. You know, most of you would. If if you did like him, you'd like him because you knew what he was doing and you knew how effective his ministry. That's the only reason you could like him. But as far as you being edified or strengthened, no stinking way. You you can't live, you couldn't live a good Christian life off of what Reinhard Bonnke was preaching. But that's his call amen that's the anointing fruit. amen man what if you are sitting here in this church and God has called you to the nations and that's why you haven't found your voice yet What if God called you to the detention center? Not to preach to the same group of people all the time, but to go there, not to develop relationships like we want to, but to preach to individuals that you see one time and you never see them again. That you're the only hope that these people have and it's just one. But you never discovered it because you were too busy trying to talk with pastors and preaching behind pulpits in churches that you, you had no business being in. We got to determine the measure of the gift. like that fellow Genor. You remember me telling you the story? This man was a missionary, he preached all over. He was a leader of leaders. He preached all over. He had a habit of asking preachers everywhere that he went. And he, he, I'm talking about these are people that are shaking up nations, the, the people that he's having fellowship with. And uh, he would ask them, tell me your testimony. And he said he started finding that many of these great leaders that won millions of people to Christ... That raised and trained up pastors and, and ministers, many of them had a similar testimony. I was I was in Australia, oh, yeah. walking down a particular street, same street these people would tell about, and this little man accosted me while I was walking down the street, shoved this gospel tract in my hand, little piece of trash. I was offended when they when he put it in my hand, thinking, what are you giving me this trash for? So I threw it in a bag that I had. And when I got to my room, that gospel track fell out of the bag onto the floor, and I picked it up and read it, and my heart was pierced with, con- with conviction, and I surrendered my heart to Jesus. And after I gave my heart to Jesus, I received the call to preach, and then now... We have this ministry. We're, we're reaching millions. He heard that testimony of different ways. This little man came out of nowhere. I was drunk. I'd just gotten off the ship. We'd been sailing. I was a sailor, and 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 I was accosted by this this uh, little man, just a condescending, telling me I needed to be saved. Some of them said I was met by the sweetest little old man that shared good news with me. My heart was pierced with conviction. I knelt, there on the, I knelt there on the street. I gave my heart to Jesus. Now we're winning millions of people to Christ. This guy heard this story of a man that was handing out tracts and witnessing to people in, on a street in Australia, and he heard it so many times that he thought, I'm going to go find out who this man is, where he's at, I wonder if he knows how many people he has influenced for the, for the sake of the gospel. So he goes to that street to find that man. And when he gets there, he asks around. He doesn't see anyone ministering. He asks around. And the shop owners there, they say, oh, yeah, we know him. He lives, he lives down here. We haven't seen him in a bit. I think he's been sick. But he comes down here and he hands out tracks and he preaches the gospel. And so he goes to this man's house. He knocks on his door. He says, this little old man answers the door and he finds out his last name is Genor. So he goes into this. He, the man invites him in and he says, yeah, I've been looking for you. I've been, I've heard about your ministry. And the man says, really? He says, the, he, the guy makes him some tea and he's shaking. The tea is sloshing around. He's spilling tea all over the place. And the guy says, I've, I've heard of your ministry. And he says, really? He says, yeah. He says, tell me your story. He says, well, and the guy tells him his story. I got saved, and he tells the story of how he got saved. He says, after I got saved, after I got born again, I committed to the Lord. I said, Lord, I will share the gospel with at least three people every day for the rest of my life. He says, I go out on that street every day that I can. He said, sometimes I miss if I'm sick or whatever. He says, but I've I've, I've done it. He said, "For and I can't remember how many, 30, 40 years. He had been out there for 30 or 40 years, at least witnessing to three people a day. And here, you know what his testimony was? He says, I don't know whether any of them even ever heard me. He said, if I had an effect on anyone, I don't, even, I don't know it. He says, but God did such a wonderful work in my life. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. It's the very least I could do. For all that he's done for me. Right. Listen, those of you that are seeking recognition from people. Those of you that have to have someone tell you. Hey man, you're doing. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. That is not what the call of God is about. Right. Go ahead, That's right. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to get more knots on your head. Than you're going to get attaboys. When you're That's doing right. ministry. Okay. You're going to have more people. And you, you all should know it. Listen, we see it, on, we see it on social media all the time. All the time. Someone will post something on social media and you have all these people that are naysayers and a few that are like, yeah, that's, that's real good. But you always have someone that wants to point out. If you go to sell something on social media, you're too, you know you're asking way too much for that. Then you have that one that says, man, I got to have it. Will you hold it for me? They're not even, I'm not even asking you for a discount. That's right. In fact, if you'll hold it for me, I'll give you an extra $1,000. Oh, right. Then you got those ones that say, that's only worth like $3,000. I'll give you, that's what it was with that car. I put that car up for what, $6,700 or something. And I had all kinds of people send me messages. Will you take five? I'm like, you haven't even seen it. I'll give you five. You know it's not worth anything more than $4,000. No one's ever going to buy that. Someone, some people call me just to pick it apart. I even had one guy that he he said, I'll, I, "I'd already had it sold." He says, "I'll give you five thousand dollars for it, cash." It's like that's the way it's going to be, anyhow. My response was very simple. I said, "No, thank you." You know what his response was? I didn't know you were going to be so rude. I thought since you were a man of God, you would make me a deal. I thought, I I did make you a deal. I didn't sock you in the throat. (laughs) You didn't get a throat punch. You ought to be happy. (laughs) When that man, when that man told that, that little old man, Genor, when he told him, he said, Sir. There are people that are winning hundreds of millions of people to Christ as a result of encountering you. Yeah. Okay. And he began to tell him all. Do you know he took that old man for the, that man, I think he lived another year or so after he met him. And for that year or whatever it was that he lived, that that brother, he took that man and he took him all over the world to show him the people that had been touched. He introduced him to those men that he had given the tracks to that he had witnessed to that had gotten saved as a result of his ministry and in, can you imagine can you imagine can you imagine when he died <laughs> glory to God can you imagine what it must have looked like when he entered in to his rest the, the millions of people that were waiting to say Thank you. Thank you. Amen. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's not about member of the quarter. Right, right, that's right. It's not about pastor getting up, mentioning your name in the service. Right, that's right. Listen, if I recognize you, it's one thing. You know what you really want? You want God to be you when when Lucifer comes, when Satan comes. Around heaven. And God asks, What are you doing here? And Satan says, Well, I've been walking back and forth on the earth, checking things out. And God says, Have you considered Anna? <laughs> Have you considered Carolyn? Have you considered Cherie? Right. Listen, when God starts dropping your name, right. Yeah. Right. Go ahead now. Amen. 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 You're you're called of God. That's right. You're anointed by Him. What we need is we need a shift in our mindset that will allow us to accommodate what it is that He's saying. And some of us, our motive is so off and we're so self-centered that we can't hear what he's saying. So we, we just need to make those adjustments. Amen. Don't go beating yourself over the head because I said that. Just, just make the adjustments. Lord, I'm living for you. This is, this is for you. It's not for, it's not for television time. It's, not for, it's for you. It's for you. It's for your glory. Whether you think that the, the gift is small or large, whether it's international, whether it's local, whether it's one-on-one. Some of you aren't called to, to minister to big groups of people. Some of, you are, some of you are called to sit down next to someone and share good news with them. Very simple. Good news. Good news. Jesus loves you. And of course, he goes in. Then he goes into the ministry gifts. Uh, any questions? Yeah. <laughs> He's got the microphone now.
1: So discovering the 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 uh, <clears throat> the grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. That's a. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that a, that's a, a mixture of uh, uh, getting into that anointing, that abiding anointing, and then coming into that empowering anointing, discovering the, that, the gift, that's, is, that, is that coming into the empowering anointing?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gift is more the empowering uh, thing. And if you haven't read the, that Benny Hinn book about, his recent book about the anointing, I would encourage you to read it. There's lots of good stuff in there. You know, there's, there's some stuff that's questionable, but that's like ever with everybody. But uh, I loved it. I mean, I think it's a great, probably the greatest book he's written since, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Very good book. You can tell he's been through some things. And um, you know, when you go through stuff, you learn. Right. Yeah. But uh, so, Michael, he's talking about Benny. Hinn talked about three different kinds of anointing: the empowering anointing, the abiding anointing, which is the anointing that's in us; the empowering anointing, which is the anointing upon us; and then uh, what was the, uh, the, the minion uh, anointing? Minion anointing. And uh, that anointing is people that we see that have um, these ministries that are very prolific. They're uh, they're. Uh, they're those people that that uh, have notoriety. Seemingly, their their the anointing is on, that's on their life is for the nations, and and it's a it's a big big kind of voice thing there. And there are those, you know, um, ministry gifts already are are um, a rarity, more rare than what we see. There's lots of people called. I've met I've met many people that said they were pastors. I, I would venture to say that about half the people that I meet in churches where I go preach that are pastoring a church, they're not even really pastors. That's, it's their occupation. It's something that they're doing, but they're not really called to pastor. And I listen, it's, it's way too much. Most people that I've met that say they're prophets, are, and I'm not being, y'all have to know, I'm not being critical. I'm not being critical at all. It's just that there's some people, they, most of the people that tell me they're prophets, they're not prophets. They're just, they're, they have a passion, and it's wonderful that they, they have a passion, but they're not, that's not really what they are. Um, I've, I've met a handful of apostles, not nearly as many as call themselves apostles on Facebook. I've met more teachers and more pastors than I've met apostles, prophets, and evangelists. But when I come across those people, they're very unique. So those that are in that dominion anointing, they're extremely rare. They're extremely rare. Um, but that's the, that's the nature of the gifts of God. That's what makes them gifts. Would, would, it, would, it, would, it, would, it, would a gift be any good? Let me ask you this. Would a gift be any good if everyone got the same one? What What makes a gift... What makes a gift? Uh, what makes a gift a gift? What makes it precious? The uniqueness of the gift. Right. Yeah. The more uncommon the gift we receive, the more treasured it is. You know, you know what I'm saying? See, we we've got to we got to think of God on that that level of that's that's how God does things. God doesn't do things cheaply. Right. What ahead. everything that God has is. Um, has great value, and the reason why it has great value is because it's uncommon. Miracles, miracles will never be commonplace. I, I don't know. I don't know how these yo-yos got it in their head, and they're talking this way. All of it. I'm not trying to be ugly. I shouldn't say that. Um, but there's a lot of people get out of there. Oh, miracles are about to become common. No, they're not. Then they wouldn't be miracles. The very nature of the miraculous is that it's uncommon, that it doesn't happen all the time. But when it does, it's impactful. Do you know what makes it less impactful? When we start calling everything a miracle. That's what's wrong with this generation, is we've called things miraculous that weren't miraculous. What, what really when, when miracles really do happen, they are impactful. We've seen a few of them around here. We've seen a few of them. Right. Not, not many. Right. Not like at some, church, at some churches now. Like, oh, y'all have that? We have that every week. Oh, you do? <laughs> I mean, that's not the nature of the miraculous. Right. Every now and again. Even Brother Roberson, you know, Brother Roberson, he had some great miracles, at him, but not all the time. They were un- uh, great miracles extraordinary they're very uncommon so um so this gift according that anything that is a gift the gifts of the spirit uh the uh ministry gifts these are all empowerment things they all it's all because of the anointing of the spirit of god upon us they're all empowering and so when we're talking about uh, the grace that's given that grace that we're talking about is a grace for empowerment to empower us to to give us supernatural endowments things that we wouldn't have on our own uh, that yeah anyone can get up and talk but not everyone can get up and preach. Anyone can get up and teach, but not everyone can expound upon the scriptures under the anointing of the Spirit in a way that, like tonight. You know, I was saying some things tonight, and you all could feel the stirring in the innermost part. I, I was watching you guys. You are like, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. That's what, that's what we want. We want to we wanna get over there in that anointing. That anointing takes and stirs things in us that can't be stirred by anything but the anointing. And so when we're looking at the, uh, the grace, according to the measure of the gift, what, what I'm, what, uh, Benny Hinn has what I would call a dominion anointing. And so there's a greater grace for healing on his life than on myself or, or some others. Um, that, that's what that is. That's what, that's what that's about. Y'all understand that? Okay. Or is that still not clear? No. All right. Yes, sir. Charlie, hold on. We're going to get your microphone. So that people can hear this on them. Yeah, Benny Hinn pastored that church in Orlando. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he uh, taught and preached. And, uh, you, know, um, Hagen, you know, Kenneth Hagin, you he, know, Kenneth Hagin, he pastored ch- a church. He pastored several churches. But you know what he said? He was never called to pastor. He said that the time that he spent in the pastorate, was time that he spent in the permissive will of God and not the perfect will of God.
2: Yeah. That's right. that's right.
0: And there's a lot of people that live their lives in the permissive will of God instead of in the perfect will of God. And and you say this, you say how can someone live in the permissive will of God? Wouldn't that be uncomfortable? Well, not necessarily. It depends on what makes you comfortable. If, if all you want is to feel the Lord and to feel the presence of God, then you could live in the permissive will of God for the rest of your life because he's there. He's there. Um, but if you go to doing what we're doing here tonight, see, some of you don't understand that the whole reason you're unsettled is because you're a seeker. If you weren't a seeker, you'd be happy. If some of y'all weren't seekers, you'd be settled already. But some of you beat yourself over the head over the fact you're a seeker. You ought to remain unsettled. I'm unsettled. Dear God, I'm 55 years old. I started this when I was 15. And I know I'm, some of you are like, you ain't that old. I, I understand. But I started this when I was 15. I'm 55. You know, here we are 40 years later. And in 40 years, I'm still a seeker. I still haven't found, I'm still digging in that field, looking for the, <laughs> looking for the treasure. <laughs> you know what, I don't, I don't reckon, I mean, I've pulled up some treasure, but nothing ever satisfies, yeah. it's a continual thing. All right, Charlie, go ahead and answer your, okay, yeah, your question.
2: Well, I'm happy, 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 <laughs> happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to roll back a little bit to the okay. beginning and uh, you talked about uh, about the prophet and so forth can there be more than one prophet in one in a local church absolutely all right uh, so that means there can be more than one prophet in a city yes sir okay there was this. Weird deal. You know, I come from Tulsa, you know, New Jerusalem. Yes, Tulsa, Jerusalem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I used to get all of it that came down the pike, or most of it. Probably some of it I didn't get. Wished I hadn't got a lot of it. But anyhow, (laughs) uh, so I was visiting with this guy one day, and it was kind of a one sided conversation. I let him ramble and I listened. And he says, Well, you know uh, you are you know Ed Dufresne, right? Yes. You knew him yeah, right. Okay, he said he said the reason that Ed Dufresne moved from Tulsa to California was because another prophet run him out of town. He was talking about Kenneth Hagin. And I'm thinking, you know. Kenneth Hagan wouldn't ever do that. And uh, I doubt that Ed Dufresne would leave because of Kenneth Hagan. So, um, anyhow, I just wondered what you thought about that. He went on and on about this, you know, about uh, about Kenneth Hagan running Ed Dufresne out of town because he was a bigger
0: prophet right. than he was. You know, I think pe- when people are observing those things from... Anytime we're observing... Um, Something from the outside, and we're not, we're not, um, when we don't have a frame of reference. For, for example, if you're not in ministry, if you're not a ministry gift, if you don't know nothing about the prophetic or what, I, I hear people all the time, and for example, let's just take the prophetic, since Charlie brought it up. Um, I was, uh, there was a man, I think I told you all this, that posted on Facebook. I think he, he believes he's a prophet. He, and he may be, I don't know. I, I don't know him. I only know him on Facebook or, and I don't even know him on there. Cause I just see his posts. I'm not sure why I see his posts. Uh, there's so many of you. I don't see your posts, but this guy's come up like regular. Uh, but anyway, um, he posted, you know, what, 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 what region has the Lord assigned you to as a prophet? I thought, you know what I thought? I thought this region right here, this is what God assigned me to, to straighten myself out. I mean, that's what I, I mean, immediately, I'm like, God called me to, he told me this, walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. I mean, uh, and I, 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 I think that people, they have this idea when, when someone is in an office like that, people look at them and they, 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 they imagine it a, a certain way. They imagine like, like this is an imagination and this guy's got the, his, his imagi- He's got quite an imagination to think that Kenneth Hagan, number one, would think of himself as some sort of senior prophet. When in reality, you know, Brother Hagin, uh, while Pastor Mikey, I think, was in school, which would have been in the 90s, maybe early, early 90s, Pastor Mikey was in school there. In the early 90s, Brother Hagan was in the hospital. When he got out of the hospital, he came and he spoke to his students. He said, Jesus appeared to me in the hospital. And I I think I've heard heard this right from Mikey, but he he said, the Lord appeared to me in the hospital and told me uh, the reason why I was in the hospital, the reason I had been hurt was because I'd been neglecting my call. And he said, I had leaned more toward an aspect of my calling rather than the other, the, the, the main, I have a main calling and then I have a secondary calling. He said, I was doing more of my secondary calling and neglecting my main call. He says, the main call on my life is to be a prophet. He said, but I've been leaning too heavily on my teaching. This was in the 90s. If in the 90s, Brother Hagin's still working out his salvation with fear and trembling. I mean, the dude is getting ready to die. When did Brother Hagin pass away? 2003. In the early 90s the man is 10 years from death and he's working out his salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus has to appear to him and tell him, you're neglecting your call. Oh, and he's an old man. Oh, I'm going I'm to tell you right now. If people, if, if, if anyone ever really probably got to know Brother and I'm sure those that were close to him that really got to know him, that they those that did will probably I, I, I heard this Testimony one time, and it was a man that had traveled with Brother Hagan from the when he was going to four, churches of 40, 50 people, you know, in the early days, in the you know, in the 50s, and and he was just going to all these small churches, made his way all through Oklahoma, Texas, and this guy had followed after his ministry, going to Antlers, you know, I saw the paper of Antlers, uh, we were there for revival, and they painted the, the or they uh, printed a page. Of the front page of the Antlers newspaper from 50 years prior on the back page of every Antlers newspaper. I flipped it over, and there's a picture of Brother Hagan as a young man. He was there preaching in Rattan at the Assembly of God Church, wow. church of 30 people. Wow. Come here, Kenneth Hagan, this young evangelist. They were calling him an evangelist. evangelist. All right. <laughs> I thought, dear God, and there he is. But this man, they had built that big rhema facility, that that... I think when they, were, when they first built it, they built it to seat at least 10,000. And I think they've restructured it and made it, you know, to accommodate. Still, you can accommodate a lot of people. But anyway, they had just built that big building. And the old Rhema building is right next to it. And so Brother Hagen was in his office. And this man was walking with him. They were, they were having a conference. And they were walking from the old Rhema building to the new church. And as they were walking... This man, you know, is walking with Brother Hagan, and he said, Brother Hagan, I've been with you since the beginning. He's like, look what the Lord has done. How did, how did, how did you get here? Tell me what the secret, how did you get to this place? He said, Brother Hagan stopped walking. And he looked up at that new Rhema building. He said, I got here like I got anywhere else. He said, I followed the Holy Ghost. He said, and when I looked up, this is where I ended up. Oh, yeah. That's right. I followed after the Spirit, and as I followed after... See, if you're going to be a good anything, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, apostle, if you're going to be good at wiping boogers off the wall in the... If you're going to be good at any calling, Then you're going to have to be about working out, working out your relationship with your personal relationship with Jesus. Some of you still stumbling over the hurts of the past, tripping over something that's long gone. It's gone. It's over. It's done. There's nothing you can do. I was hurt when I was a kid. It's over. You're not a kid anymore. You're done. It's, it's, oh, it's behind you. but I still feel. Feel what? You still feeling the striking of a belt on your backside? The yanking of your hair by someone who's been abusive? What, what are you? It's over. Forgetting those things that are behind, right. we have to press on That's right. amen, right. and how do we press on by, by relating to Jesus so this whole idea that that prophets you know uh, there, there, there have been people, and you know I think I have it somewhat you know there's a I, I have an adversary in ministry, and not 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 purposefully it 's not that I want to have an adversary in ministry it 's not the devil it's it 's some preacher that was an idiot you know and um we, we see that throughout history within the church we see uh uh dowie and uh i can't huh there 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 are several people dowie, who was it dowie and uh, uh oh, john g lake yeah. dowie and john g lake boy they they went back and forth with one another they just went back and forth Catherine Coleman and everyone. <laughs> Amy different ones in ministry that went back and forth with one another and that and it wasn't you know uh it, it was it was definitely adversarial because they had different points of view but I don't think it ever was a thing of I'm I'm more I'm I'm a better man of god than you are it's just you know this is what I heard well I heard this well you know what both y'all are right just shut up and go on go ahead now I think Fred Price had that with Brother Hagan. Fred Price, you know, the Hagens said something, uh, you know, in their about um, uh, a race and and uh, how um, I think uh, something had been said about blacks and whites not marrying. Uh, uh, it, it was it was something strange. Fred Price got his drawers in a bunch and he started preaching on racism in the church. And he called, uh, you know, I mean, he got bold too. He got on his he got on television, inter- international Christian television, and was like. You know, he said back in slave days, there was house niggers, there was field niggers. He said, I'm, I'm going to quit being a house nigger. I ain't a house nigger no more. I ain't going to be doing that. He was talking about the Hagans. He'd had a, he took Brother Hagans' name off of a building. He would put Brother Hagans' name on. He felt like they was racist. I'll be honest with you. I don't know why he was surprised. if they. You know what? If they had any kind of thoughts that seemed racist, He's a white man that grew up in the South, in the... He wouldn't. I, it was crazy. Charlie, Charlie it was the craziest thing I ever saw in my life. But they went back and forth. But you know what? That didn't... There's no big, big, big me, little you. There are some people that have a greater responsibility... And a greater uh, gift, a greater a gift, in that their influence is greater. I'll be honest with you. You know, uh, if I was if if I was Ed Dufresne, and, and uh, I felt like that, you know, Brother Hagen wasn't being fair with me, or or whatever, and uh, um, I was tempted to maybe rebuke Brother Hagen in in public, um, and I thought the only way to get away from it was to leave town. <laughs> you know, I could maybe see something. I, but I don't know. I've, I saw Brother Dufresne. He didn't come across as being that type of person to me. I know that he uh, thought the world of people dressing up to go to church. I, I made the mistake of going to one of his meetings with an open-collar shirt and being a preacher. And, uh, boy, he, he had two cows and a chicken. And uh, I was like, Brother Dufresne, I'm just here to receive, bro. Give me one of your ties. I'll put it on if that makes you feel better. But uh, anyhow... You know people people have different things but uh, we we've got to we've got to come to the place that we should honor those be i'm going to quit with this because we're we're getting long here we we should honor those people that are called to ministry those that have uh, ministry gifts those that are apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers we should honor them uh, because the lord has chosen them to lead us uh, as the body and but we have to remember uh, they're our brothers and they're our sisters and uh uh, if they don't give you the time of day, don't get your feelings hurt. They may not have the time of day to give. Uh, they may have already exhausted all of their friendship cards. They may have as many friends as they want or need. They may not be able to expend any more energy in the development of new relationships. And we need to be okay with that. We need to be okay with that. You know, Brother Hagan, rebuked me on live television. Live TV, yeah. Brother Hagin rebuked me on live TV. Uh, I was a teenager and he was up uh, at TBN. I went to see him because I was excited. I'd never seen him in person. I, I, I was excited to see Brother Hagan. So I went to the TBN studio. I got in, uh, live taping of the Praise the Lord program. It was international. It was the international broadcast. It was live from Oklahoma City. Richard Hogue was there interviewing Brother Hagin. And Brother Hagan was taking questions. So I asked a question. It was a stupid question, but I, I just wanted to talk to the man. I mean, I, I, I cut my teeth on, my spiritual teeth on his books. I just wanted to, I didn't care what I was going to ask him. I was going to ask him something. What's your favorite color? <laughs> so I thought I'd at least try to make it spiritual. So I, I asked him a question about faith. I said, Brother Hagen, I said, I feel like my, can your faith be hindered because uh, people, um, because of uh, other people talking bad about you when you uh, operate your faith, and and he just looked at me funny like I don't know what you're talking about. I said, for example, I said one time we was I was with the youth group and we were we were at an amusement park and and um and the car wouldn't start and so I was like. I, so I, I, I worked my faith, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this car to start, and, and I command this car to run in Jesus' name and get us home. And, and every, I said, every, they laughed me to scorn I said, but the next time that guy turned the key, the car started right up, and we made it all the way home. And then Brother Hagin started nodding his head like he understood. I said, and then one time, a washing machine didn't work. And, and I was like, in the name of Jesus, I command that washing machine. I said, and it worked. And then I was made fun of as a result of it. And, and Brother Hagin, he said, he says, I understand what you're saying, son. He says, I understand exactly what you're saying. He says, what you have, he says, is zeal without wisdom. He says, what you're talking about is not faith at all. He says, you just have a whole lot of zeal and want to see God do that. He says, many of my students that come to Ramo when they show up, they're in the same state of mind and and they're in the same way. He said, but, you know, we work that right out of them as we teach them the word of God and we get them over there and really applying Bible faith and doing things according to. I just kind (laughs) of Richard. In fact, Richard Hogue, (laughs) Richard Hogue. He stood there with me, and as Brother Hagen started talking, he reached his arm around me, and started pat me on the back, <laughs> and, and, I, and I stood there. And of course, that camera's right in my face, and they keep going back between me and Brother Hagen. And 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 uh, he, he and he says, he says, "Ah, oh, it's all right, man." He said, he said, uh, "Don't let the old man, uh, don't let the old man hurt your feelings." That's what Richard Hogue told me. He pulled the mic away. He said, and, and so I sat down and I licked my wounds all the way home. I was so glad that I got roasted by Brother Hagen. Listen, I'll tell you, I felt so honored that it was Brother Hagin that roasted me. You know, <laughs> and I asked people when I got to church, I said, did y'all see I got to ask Brother Hagen a question? And they're like, yeah, we saw. <laughs> but I was excited about it. I was like, Mike Wazowski, I was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you're going to get rebuked, get rebuked by Brother Hagen. Yes. <laughs> Listen, i I I went for the I shot for the moon, baby. If I was gonna get rebuked, I was gonna get rebuked by the best of them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh yeah, Carolyn. <laughs> um, I don't want to ask my question now. <laughs> um
2: all this, um, so moving forward, how do we I guess begin to pray and ask the Lord to um now this is if you already know what you're called. Okay. To, and you haven't felt like you've entered in. How how do you um what do you need to pray? Like and and the, determining the measure of that. Like I feel like it needs to be now fine tuned or really focused in on. As a result of Um, tonight, these two days.
0: Yeah, most of, most, if you, if you, if you have heard the call of God, you're, you're fully persuaded of it and you're called to some sort of ministry gift and you don't feel like you've entered into that, that gifting much, much of that has to do that. I'll be, I'll just be like what brother Hagen would have been with me like that. Like he was with me that day. I thought what I was doing was I was exercising faith and sometimes we go through exercises that aren't really faith. It's where we're pushing buttons and pull. It's like being at the casino. We just keep pushing buttons, pulling levers, and we're just hoping to hear ding, 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 ding. Right. You know, we, we want to hit the jackpot. And so we, we figure the more buttons, because this is, this is casino thinking, the more buttons you push and the more levers you pull, the better your chances are. And then you don't really want to move off that machine. <laughs> Now, we're not going to tell who goes to the casino around here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you people, I mean, people be guarding them machines, too. You know? And there be people asking people permission once they've walked off a machine. Is it all right if I go over there? Because cause they might have left, but they didn't really leave. There might be people fighting in them casinos. But anyhow, um If you've not if you've not yet realized or entered in, then a lot a lot of what needs to a lot of what needs to happen is there needs to be a development of uh, things in your life. There are things in your life that need to develop along with your understanding that you have a gift from God. All right. So one of the things that had to develop in me was my character. I had to develop. My character had to develop. I had to. Uh, I had to, uh, I had to uh, get away from things that um, brought my character into question. Annie and I had to act a certain way when we were dating, a way we didn't want to act. We thought it was foolish because we were young. We thought it was stupid, but it was really, it was really wisdom. Uh, we, needed to, we needed to make sure that we maintained a level of decorum. Uh, we needed to be above the bar in the way that we were in our relationship um, so that no one could bring into question our character and say that we were into, because, I mean, I'm a preacher. I'm behind the pulpit doing ministry. Some people are like, we ain't none of their business. Well, it is. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to. Anyway, yeah, we want to be careful. You yeah. know, yeah, we want to be careful. So, um, if God's called you to preach and to influence people, but um, there's something either in your character or in your um, in your delivery, in your personality, in your there there can be lots of things. It could be the way you carry yourself, could be the way you dress. I mean, it could be any of those things. It could be lots of things. We really have to inquire of the Lord and let him mold us and shape us and help us. You know, um, I found that when, when I was able to, be, uh, to minister to the people that were the closest to me, when I was able to be what God called me to be, to the people that saw me day in and day out, that they recognized that the Lord was working with me, that then the door opened up for me to really minister to others. Because if you can persuade the people that are around you that you've changed, that God's working with you, then you've done something in your character and in the development of your character in your life to, uh, to persuade them. And the Lord will help you with that. So, um, I mean, if God's called me to lead, but no one will follow me for whatever reason, whether it's a uh, you know, if, for some people, it could be as simple as a T-shirt. I wore a Kiss T-shirt to Disney, and uh, I lost—you know—I lost Facebook friends. Uh, and then there were some people that was like, "My pastor wears a Kiss T-shirt." You know, um, some people think it's cool; other people think it's demonic. Uh, I have to—I have to be careful. You know, I have to—I have to—I have to walk carefully. That's y- y'all know that. I mean, I think y'all know that. Um, So, again, I think with, you know, I think there are a lot of people that they have a call and then years and years go by and they never realize it, and mostly because they never look at the things that seem like they're not, that they don't matter, and everything matters, how you deal with your family, how you deal with your children, how you interact with uh, your friends, how you... Uh, interact with people in church you know Um, some people you know some people like well I'm going to be real no you're going to be trouble when you say you're being real all you're saying is that you reserve the right to be ugly what are you saying when you say you want to well I'm, I'm just being real now you're giving yourself permission to be ugly that's what you're doing being real is something that, you know what? We don't want to see the real you, the, the real old you. We want to see the real new you. Amen. Amen. And you know what? Sometimes to see the real new me, I can't uh, approach people the way that I'm feeling. Yeah, y'all know how many times y'all have rolled up to me in a difficult situation, in a time when some of y'all have come up to me to talk about things. And, and in my mind, I was thinking, if you knew how if you knew how petty this was in comparison to what I'm dealing with over here, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But you know what? That that might be something that might be going through my mind. But I have to have the mind of Christ. And you know what the mind of Christ says? Whatever it is that you need. Emery, the morning Emery passed away, the morning Emery passed away. I, I didn't want to have church. In fact, it was in my mind. I was going to come together. We were going to pray for Lewis and Nakia and Rhonda and the, and the boys. And, um, and then we were going to dismiss. I mean, I didn't think I could even speak. And, uh, so we're going through you know someone came up to me after church. I can't remember who it was. It was someone someone that had come. I think they came because they were trying but they started talking to me about something that was so trivial and so unimportant in compared to me, so unimportant in comparison to the loss that we had all just suffered. And in my mind I thought is this person insensitive? I, I couldn't quite wrap my mind around why they, why they would choose to come to me and approach me about what they were approaching me with in knowing what was going on. But you know what? You know what? The, you know what? Do you know that the Lord, even when we're going through difficulties, if someone needs an answer, He's given it to them? No matter how trivial or petty it might seem. And so we, you know what? If we lean to our own flesh... We might get, well, the minute, because some, you know, when, with women, they call it getting catty. <laughs> with men, we can sometimes become, uh, we can be short and condescending, right? That, that affects whether you can do ministry or not. That affects whether God's going to take you out and put you behind a pulpit in a church, where where, where in about where where you're ministering and say that that's your ministry. You're in a pulpit ministry. Uh, as soon as that meeting is over with, you're about to be inundated and mobbed by about seventy-five or eighty people, and all of them are going to have different things at different levels that they're going to bombard you with, and some of it you're going to think is trivial and foolish. You're going to be hungry, but you can't. Listen, you can go ahead and be hungry, but you can't be hangry. Because if you're going to be hangry, you know what? The Lord would rather not send you than have you get hangry with his people. So you know what? We make adjustments. We make adjustments. That's what we do. Y'all ain't getting this at Bible school. (laughs) Y'all ain't getting this in Bible school. But you know what? That is, that's, that's the stuff that I think keeps people from entering into their, the fullness of their anointing, the, the fullness of their calling, is that they have these things that they just leave loose in their life, tardiness. Um, when, when, you're, when you're late, when, you, when you, people don't understand that, and people won't say this, I won't say this to you, but when people are late coming to see me, I... It's disrespectful. You, you you have no respect for people's time. It, it's you you have to have respect for me. Am I tardy? Am I late? Every now and again, y'all know. Every now and again, I'll roll in late. Sheree knows better than anybody. Um, but you know what I'm thinking when I'm late? I've got to be more respectful of people's time. This is important. This is going to reflect on how people look at me, how how they receive from me, whether they receive from me or not. You know. Um, in, a, in a church setting, especially like with us, we, we all these things are important. We have to be mindful how we how we uh, 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 how, how we handle financial matters. Do we handle our money right? Some of y'all just got a long face.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do we, uh amen? amen. 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 I'm not going to say that. All right. I, I'm, I, <laughs> I was wondering if I should say something good. Say it. No, I think I'm going to leave that. Because I'm not sure it would help us. But anyway, how we how we handle uh, how we handle these things, how we handle our emotions. You know, there, there's there's a lot there's a lot that the the Lord considers all of it, right? Because you represent Him. That's right. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Yep. Some people ask me, they, Pastor, why uh, why can't I preach? Why can't I preach so much? Well. You got to be a good representation for the Lord, and on top of that, you're representing me in this church.
2: Right,
0: Some people want to. They're like, "I want an opportunity to share." You don't even know what we believe yet. Come on, go oh, ahead. Some some been here a long time. Don't even know what we believe yet. How right. about fella? <sighs> he he'd love to preach. I'd love for him to preach. Been a part of our church for many, many years. Still here. I wish he was here tonight. This, was, see, if he'd be here tonight, you know that would increase his chances of being able to preach. That's right. But he doesn't come to stuff like that. And I love him. And if he's listening, maybe he'll know who he is. But I would. I think he'd be a, He'd probably be a pretty good preacher. But I don't want him getting up here and then stomping all over stuff I've said because he doesn't know where we're at and what it is that we're, right. you know, the direction we're going, he might get up and be like, y'all need to listen to so-and-so. Get on, follow him on Facebook. Follow him on, follow. You, I just told everybody to unfollow everybody. Why are you saying that? Right. You know? It's like you, you're not here enough to even know. Go so ahead. how you handle yourself is extremely important. That's right. It could mean your success or it could mean the prolonging of the launching out of what God wants you to do. Uh, man, we've we've gone a long time. I I didn't intend to go this long. I think Jasmine had a question, but let's let's have one question from Jasmine, then we'll be done. Is that is that okay? Jasmine, Jasmine, you're so disciplined waiting on the microphone. Look at you.
2: It's the military, y'all. <laughs> 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 no, um, Pastor, I heard you say this several times That your gift will make room for you I yes. feel like I know the answer But this is for the people who don't know the answer um, What do we do when we're like too busy to make room for our gift?
0: That's, there you, then you're too busy Because the, the, first, the, the, the priority of our life should be the, the God, It's God first It's God first. Now, some people say, yeah, God first, family second. Uh, What is it? What does they say? God first, family second. Well, that's family. God, family, church. No, ministry, then church or something like that. Anyway, Uh, you can't separate God from ministry. You can't separate God from church. That's right. You know, you know, religious, religious people start getting nervous when you start going to church a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you going to church so much? <laughs> I mean, people in ministry, people in ministry, people in ministry. Yeah. But Pat, Pat, I remember the Campbell's, they had people in ministry. Y'all still in church? Yeah. Well, you better be careful. Because we're going to church? Well, uh, what's the what's going on over there? Well, we're having church. Oh, yeah. Why why people get freaked out? Oh, you're you're a cult. Oh, because we go to church. You you ought to tell them. I'm not keeping y'all you from your families. I don't have control of your uh, your um, uh, banking account. I don't want control of your banking accounts. I do not listen. I do not want you staying away from your family. Please go spend time with your family. Go see your mother and your father. Happy holidays. <laughs> Preach the gospel to them, man. Um, but, but, you know, people get, people, get, people get crazy. But it's because when you put God first, now all of a sudden the things that are important to him become important to you. Oh, yeah. And so you can't really separate God from church. You can't separate God from ministry. You can't separate him from what he does. So if you put God first, you're going to find yourself putting whatever he has purposed for you to do first. First over everything. So, um, but I will say this, Jasmine. sometimes, Sometimes we go through seasons in our life where we have to be about the business of taking care of Think financial things like Miss Rhonda. She got to go out of town sometimes. It's just a part of what has to happen when she when she goes, though, her heart is still. I'm sure her heart is still here with us still. You know, we we think very highly of this church, of what God has called us to do in this church. And so we I mean, I think about it when I'm gone. I hate being gone. Uh, Even if I'm someplace else at a church, I hate being gone from here. If I had my brothers, I'd rather be here with y'all. Because I, I the, the, the call of God. But um, there are times that uh, our schedule will pull us away from military, work, schedule. Um, I think, though, that if that work and all that stuff starts taking and keeping us from doing what we know we're supposed to be doing, what our responsibility is before the Lord, then we need to make adjustments to the rest of it. Uh, we need to make sure that we, uh, you know, you work less time and then you trust the Lord that he's going to make up the difference. Right, that's right. You, you start to involve God in those places that you feel like that you're overwhelmed and busy in and, and you just have to rely on the Lord. You have to, not not that you just quit it altogether, yeah. but that you start making adjustments to make time for what you know that God's created you for and you trust that as you As you uh, get your priorities right and you put things in order, that the Lord is going to take care of whatever, you know, like I I think I've told Michael this and I I think I've said it to all of us here as a congregation. But, you know, and I think Michael has this heart. If Michael, like uh, if Michael on a Sunday morning were to get a text, hey, man, two million dollar job, yada, 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 there would be a temptation, I think, for him I, I need for you to call me right now. And he's up playing the guitar. There might be a temptation for him to be like, bing. <laughs> I think Michael has enough of the spirit working in him, and I'm, I'm positive of this, that I'm pretty sure that he would be like, Lord, this $2 million job can wait till we're done here. This is, this is us. And then if, if, and if the $2 million, because honestly, there have been jobs that, that he, I think he probably felt that if he could have devoted himself a little more to be more aggressive at getting those jobs, I think he feels like that he probably, you know, that, he, that probably messes with him, but because of the responsibility that he felt he had to the Lord, he didn't devote that. So he said, well, Lord, you're going to have to I'm trusting you that you're going to make it up. And you know what? The Lord does. The Lord does. And he may not do it in our time, but he does it. He does it. So that's what I have to say about that. Amen. Did that answer your praise the Lord? All right. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I, I don't know if it'll help you or not, but there was a time when Pastor Ziggy asked me on a January 2017, he was like, hey, um, can you lead the worship team? And I had already committed because um, I understand your commitment. You have commitments, you know, with your career and stuff, and then military. But um, I had already committed to a lease in Colorado on a shop for th- three years, and um, I was still committed to things in San Antonio, working there. And um, it, I don't know what it was, but. Immediately in my heart, <clears throat> I was like, "Yeah, it's it's a priority." And you know, I didn't understand what was coming, um, but you know, uh, or the the how hard you know it would be. I mean, it was hard, but I didn't understand that, and so I immediately I was like, "Yeah." I said, um, "I said I'm, I'll do my best," you know, um, with what I can do and um, I was in my heart praying and hoping that I could make it every Sunday and um, you know be here and I don't think when I look back I don't think man there's things I could have done better but in my heart I was like I'm going to do my best to do it and I got it from everywhere you know (laughs) I got it from everywhere and you know every Friday morning I was already working in Colorado so and I was driving at that time, I wasn't flying the Cirrus. So every Friday morning, six in the morning, drive back home, every Monday, 5 a.m., drive to Colorado. And, and that's when we were Sunday nights, you know, and, and, and uh, we weren't Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And we did that for months, months and months. And uh, the same year Hurricane Irma hits, You know, and everybody's like, we're all going to go to Florida. You know, it's a storm we've been waiting for. And, (laughs) you know, there goes Michael, you know, and it's like, dude, I'm doing Colorado. I'm doing Florida. And boom, you know, um, not to get too deep into it, but, you know, marriage issues. And so, but still in my heart, I was like, nah, man, I said, I told him I was going to do this. And maybe I think if I can count. I think I counted about probably three or four times that I couldn't be here on Sunday. I was just, I just couldn't. I was just, I was just done. I was just, I just couldn't anymore. And I'm like, man, I just can't. This Sunday, sorry, but I'd give proper notice. And it was, it sucked big time in a sense when you, when, you know, and, and, and those things. But I didn't, um, I don't know what it was. I just knew that, um, I just knew I had to. I had to do what I felt, at least to help within that time period, you know. And and, um, and it was tough. And then I thought I was getting a relief. 2018, Hurricane Michael hits, Category Five hurricane, and so then there we go again. And it's it, it never stops, you know. And still in my heart to this day, I think uh, we, ha- my household, which is me and Twyla, but. It, and my family knows, no, Sunday, you already know. Don't even ask, you know. Oh, let's all go to this, and let's all, let's all go to Colorado. Okay, cool, we'll be back Saturday. We're going to come back Saturday. My, my dad already knows. Yeah, you're probably going to go back Saturday, right? Because, you know, um, unless we plan it way out. But it's, it's just one of them things that it's the culture, and it's still sometimes I still get it. And, 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 and running the office in Florida, Hurricane Irma, Man, I got it from my dad every week, you know. Man, you know, I, When I was running the office in Hurricane Charlie, Charlie was 2005 and 2004, you know, I was here for, ask your mom, I was here for three weeks straight. You have to go home every weekend, you know. And it's like, I got it all the time. And I'm like, nah, dad, I mean, I I said I was, I, I have a responsibility, I'm sorry, but, and ask Eric, I mean, even Eric got it and, um, but, it's just one of those things that you have to set in stone and you have to instill yourself in extreme discipline that no matter what, and there's going to be times where you can't, and I understand your your business. You know, I I see you guys doing your planning and all of that, and no judgment from me, I get it, you know, but uh, I do understand probably the struggle that you can go through on that. But, man, I'm telling you, um, even through all of that, even through almost divorce, even through almost, you know, just getting it from everywhere, problems everywhere, you know, selling my home, you know, my, my my home that I lived in for nine years to go freaking rent a house in Edmond. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? Who wants to live in Edmond, right? And it's like <laughs> that, that was probably the toughest time of my life, but it's still in my heart, still, you know, like don't even, you know, and he would even come up, don't even question me on the Sunday thing. Don't even ask me. You know why? It's like, don't even go there with me because if you want to go there with me, you're not going to win. And you have to just ground yourself in that no matter what. No matter what. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die one day and we're all going to stand before him. And I don't want to say, you know, well, because I had to start five roofs on Monday. So I had you know, bull crap. I mean, that's I'm sorry, but it's just... The whole that that I that ain't gonna work and it's not sustainable, and you know what God did see God did see me through to that and I at one point sought help professionally for you know problems that we had and I and I you know just did whatever I had to do <clears throat> to fight through that and I ain't saying it's all roses right now it's it's hard sometimes but it is a lot easier than what it was and the journey is a lot easier especially when you know. The end result. You know what I'm saying. When you know what's at the end, or you have that goal towards the end, it just makes the journey a lot easier. So, I would encourage you to to, when you do have that pressure or clients, hey Jasmine, you know, can you do Sunday or can you? Nah, man, I'm sorry. That's my. I have a strict policy. I got a strict policy. You'll be known for that around the city. Nah, Jasmine already has a strict policy. You can't even bother her for the Sundays. And they'll respect you even more, yeah. probably even desire you even more because of that. Because they know that you're willing to tell them no. True. And they know that you have those boundaries and that you have guidelines. And people like that, it's believe true. it or not. I mean, most people that work for me know not to call me between 12 and 1. You know, and it's like, why? Because Michael's eating and it's just some things you instill. Do you want a
0: friendly Michael or?
1: (laughs) It it takes time. It does take time, but and you have to find. You have to discover that process. But it it is possible. And you know,
0: I don't got it all together. But man, I'm. Michael's dad was so desperate in that time. He even called me and asked me to talk to Michael and ask him to quit coming to church so much. (laughs) I was like. Miguel, like, not do that. <laughs> no, he didn't call me. We were in the airplane talking one day, and he's like, "You know, you know, Michael, you should, you should tell him, you know, to go." And I was like, "I can't tell him to go. He's got to do what it feels in his heart." And I felt awkward, <laughs> but I was flying the plane, so I knew he wouldn't get crazy. Yeah, that's it's true, though. You're right. You know, with 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 with, with uh, the airplanes, you know, I find that people are very—they uh, know I'm a—they know I'm a pastor because they check my profile on Facebook and stuff, and so they know I'm a preacher. They know I'm a minister, and so they know that what I'm doing with airplanes is not. Uh, Gabe calls it our side gig. You know, it's not what we do. You know, it's just what we—it's you know, one of those things that we do on the side. And. um You know what happens is is they say, uh, at your convenience. That's right. I mean, at your whatever's convenient for you. Go ahead, oh, right. And and then they're willing to pay you more because right. you're a person of integrity. And they're like, I I talk with some people about price. They're like, I don't care what it costs. I just want it done right, and take as long as you need to. That's right. At, at, at your, at your, I never have nobody tell me that. There's like at your convenience, you do it however, however you got to do it, and you know what? That's what we do. So, all right, y'all. Shh. Hallelujah. You know, I pray for us. I pray for a stirring up of the spirit in you tonight, in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Ghost will continue to stir you up and to make you ready and to prepare you for the anointing and the call. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Tomorrow we're going to spend a little more time. I'm going to pray for some of y'all. But uh, we'll spend a little more time in prayer with one another tomorrow. But listen, I love you guys. And uh, as you go out of here, go in His presence. I appreciate you. I know we went uh, longer than expected, but I think. It's probably good. Amen. So, um, it was. It was very good. pastors Campbell, thank you for coming tonight. It was so great to see you. We love you guys with all of our hearts. You guys are family. Tara, you know I love you. <laughs> but I appreciate.